0: So welcome, welcome, everyone. I am here with my bestie, Sahara Rose. Um, I'm Cassandra Bodzak. for those of you who are not listening to this on Divine Downloads.
1: Um, and Sahara, Sahara Rose. Yes, I'm Sahara Rose. I'm the host of the Highest Self podcast, and we are so excited to dive into today's, not an episode, not an interview, but really just like a conversation between two girls who are trying to really understand what's happening in 2020, honestly spiritual level, who are on our own, you know, spiritual growth journeys, who are spiritual teachers and knowing how many people this year need the support and need someone that they can talk to about all of the different avenues that are happening simultaneously. So this episode is really a conversation that you are our third, you're our third bestie. Welcome to the crew and we on, on the spiritual lessons of 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. We did a podcast actually
0: on Divine Downloads earlier at the start of 2020 as we were going into it, kind of chatting just about the same things that means and Tara voice note each over <laughs> back and forth during the day. And I had such a tremendous reaction towards it. So many people emailed me and DM me and said how much they love just listening in on the two of us talking about it and feeling like they were a part of that conversation and kind of getting to be like a little fly on the wall for our conversation and as you know the year is coming to a close and I think a big thing that so many of us especially in the conscious spiritual community will be doing more than ever this year will be reflecting on the lessons that we learned and how much growth and how much evolution and all the things that changed in 2020 so me and Sahara thought it'd be fun to just start hit recording and do a podcast double feature To talk about for, you know, personally for us, what are the big lessons we're walking away from 2020 with? So Mm. you wanna you wanna hit it off first, Sahara? What's uh one of the lessons that you feel like you learned this year?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the biggest lesson, and this is just the most obvious one, but it's one that really can't be repeated enough, is you can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. You know, like bringing it back to outcasts, like true words have not been spoken. Like I remember start like before this year, I was speaking at this mind body green event in New York, like in October. And I was like, 2020 is going to be the year 2020 vision. Everyone was like, yeah. And like, everyone was like, so excited about this year. I had never seen such excitement for a year in the history of my life. And we've lived through like, Y2K. It was like 2020. Everyone was like, shit's going to pop off. And it's kind of funny to look back at it because it's like, oh, you humans. Like Sometimes I look back at it, even a picture of me like a year ago, I'm like, you don't know it's about to go down. And not that this year, by the way, I'll talk about this has been the best year of my life, despite everything happening. It has still been the best year of my life. And it has been totally, totally different than any type of year that any one of us could have planned for. So I think the biggest lesson overall for the collective is you can try to plan. You can try to control. You can try to put your Q1 to Q4 goals down and life is going to happen. And really your power, your control comes into how you respond to what's happening to the world around you. That is the only thing you can really control.
0: Absolutely. That's like the the quote, we make plans and God laughs. And um, I think that was one of the ones I wrote down as my biggest lessons too, was like, I think uncertainty has always existed. It's always been part of life in the existence, but this year we really tasted it really palpably and it became really real for us. And the, the kind of funny thing, at least I, I choose to laugh about it is that it's always been like this in a way, right? Like life has always been unpredictable. We've never, you know, there's that Alanis Morissette song that she talks about, like, you know, that Tuesday phone call that brings you to your needs, right? Like we've all kind of had those moments where an email or a phone call changes our life right for good or for bad right we've all had those moments where you know something unpredictable happens and we have to rise above and 2020 was just kind of like a year that you were not going to get through without learning that lesson mm-hmm. you just had to really sit in who am i in the face of uncertainty and i think that's what we learned We learned, you know, how do we react in the face of uncertainty and how comfortable are we with moving forward in the face of uncertainty? You know, like thinking, like you were saying, like it was the best year of your life, but in a way you couldn't have predicted it, right? It was because of how you kind of rolled with the punches and how you innovated and I think that was, that was like, this was a year that I think early on I saw, and I don't even remember if we touched on this in our first episode, but that you were going to have, you either were going to pull back and stay small and be scared and kind of make your world smaller by it and make it safer, or you were going to say, you know what, there is so much uncertainty, so like F it, let's go, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. And like, how can I show up now with what I know now? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. And I think it's made us all collectively, no matter where in 2020 you learned that lesson, I'm sure you learned it somewhere. And now moving into 2021, I think it's making all of us stronger and more, all of us more equipped for whatever life throws our way.
1: 100%. I do remember us talking about how, at the beginning, when quarantine first started, there was the message of use this as your chance to write your dream book, to get your business off the ground, to do all of the things. And then there were the people like stop trying to pressure people to perform and achieve during this time. Take this time to nap, rest, like cry, feel all of your emotions. And like, It was interesting because both sides were quite loud. You know, you would have one person like write your screenplay and the other person like stop telling us to do that. And I think that no one expected it to go as long as it has the fact that we're still in a quarantine, you know, almost a year later. No one could have predicted that. So... It showed us who we really are. It showed us how we cope with trauma and how we cope with distress. Are you that person that hunkers down and just tries to like ride it out or are you that person that actually gets activated by, you know, a little bit of risk and and that gets you really going so it really shows us who we are. and it shows us our resilience because, you know, when I think of like that Tuesday morning phone call, I don't want that fucking Tuesday phone call. Like, you know, my initial fear is like, Alanis, don't come my way with that phone call. Like, There's a lot of fear. However, I've survived all of that. You know, we've survived this. If someone were to tell us like, back in March when all of this was started, like, by the way, you guys are gonna still be in quarantine like in Christmas, like we would have maybe lost it. We would have gone crazy. I mean, I remember even in June thinking, imagine if we had known it was gonna last three months. Like I definitely didn't think it was gonna go even through the summer. So even though it, if we had known it would have felt so overwhelming, like we wouldn't be able to handle it. We have, we have become so resilient. Like. We don't think twice about like wearing a mask or getting a a test or whatever it is. It's just like a normal part of life. So there's the beauty in that of like we humans can survive anything. That's how we've made it so far. And there is a tinge of fear of that, of like, look how easily we can be conditioned to take anything and just accept it as normal. So you can... and one thing that i think this year has also shown us is the multi-dimensionality of all things how one thing such as wearing a mask can be so controversial one thing such as a test or a vaccine or whatever it is can have so many different sides to it so it has shown us our differences as a country as a world And also our similarities of how we all really want what's best for the whole and the information that we've received based off of our algorithms, our newsfeed, our news channels are going to inform us of different ways of doing so. Oh, yes. Two things I have to add to that.
0: (laughs) The first thing is around, um, like, we had no idea how long this was going to go. And I think, you know, going back to like those, like in the beginning of quarantine where literally everybody and their brother was trying to give you your prescription for what you should be doing during quarantine and whatever it was, like clean your house or, <laughs> or take a nap or whatever it was. And really realizing this year, and then even with all the other subjects you said too, which I'll get into a little bit as well, um, how important it is to have our own sovereignty of mind more than ever and how important it is to really be connected to your own intuition and your own individual path because i remember it was funny because on some people were on the side of really wanting to rest and um and then feeling like bad because people were telling them to write their book or whatever right i was kind of on the other side right i was feeling really enthused inspired energized you know i actually made like like i hit like great numbers you know, in this year in quarantine, right? I felt so like my work is needed more than ever. Like people are taking like the more digital spiritual stuff more than ever now. Right. And so to me, when I was getting all those rest messages, I'm at the place with my spiritual practice in a way where I was like, okay, that doesn't feel right for me. Right. Like when I want to rest, I'll rest. (laughs) But I think it's really important when you're in those spaces to be like, okay, all these people are sharing the what's coming up for them, mm-hmm. right? The people that need to rest are probably sharing the rest message. The people that are excited and inspired might be sharing that message. And that's great. And I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone sharing whatever. It's that we need to have that filter to say, okay, great. You know, Sahara is saying rest and Cass is saying write a book or whatever. I know we're both pretty much write a book people. <laughs>
1: but I definitely didn't arrest the scorching No. <laughs>
0: No, but you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that message, right? It's just kind of knowing, does that work for me? And does that make sense for me? And the same thing goes with all this other stuff. We've seen such multidimensionality of opinions and conspiracy theories and masks and vaccines and political stuff. And one of the things I wrote down is that, you know, acceptance around people that we love and their opinions has been a huge lesson for me this uh, quarantine this year, because I have had, you know, really close friends and loved ones that believe things I don't believe, right? And the, the question has been, or the lesson has been, can I love and can I accept them where they're at? And still, and I think, again, it goes back to the same thing. It's like, I've gotten to this point now where that's a yes. (laughs) And it was harder at certain points because I was like, okay. And I think it's taken a lot of different skills around boundaries and stuff, but also being able to fully witness someone in their beliefs and what's true for them and what they feel really passionate or committed to or, their logic or their newsfeed is telling them, mm-hmm. and being able to be really in my own energetic sovereignty and be like, okay, right now in this moment, that doesn't ring true for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe in a year from now, I'll, something else will happen and maybe it will. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know if in a year from now, that person, something else might happen and they might think what I think now, mm-hmm. right? There's, I think <laughs> we've also been through the roller coaster. Of exploring different things that we we're believing in, <laughs> right? Which has been, you know, a normal, natural part of the journey. So I think 2020, hopefully, um, for a lot of people, but I know for myself, has been around how can I hold those loved ones that have different beliefs than me and navigate those relationships with all of the polarization and the multi dimensionality that's going on this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this year will go down in history as the year of cancel culture. You oh my know? gosh. We yeah. really saw the great rise of that, of what collective groupthink can do and modern day witch hunt. i never felt so
0: much modern day witch hunt
1: vibes yeah. than this year.
0: Like it so was, terrifying past life. <laughs> you
1: know, and you know, we both, coach woman all the time to speak their truth and to like show up in their power and their gift and share their magic with the world. And this was definitely the scariest year to do so because of how quick people were to take one thing they don't like about you, which could actually be something you did wrong, or could just be a difference of opinion and create essentially this like groupthink movement to slander you and to tear you down. And in the witnessing of who this really happened to? Was it happening to like legitimate like Klu Klux Klan members and like the like horrible like, you know, Republican people who are trying to make abortion illegal for all? No, it was not happening to them. It was happening to normal women by other women. And I think that for me was like a huge, like, my nervous system was definitely the most out of whack in June. Because, you know, the George Floyd murder, which was, I think, the most traumatic, honestly, the most traumatic event of this year. But then what followed that, which was this, like, almost, like, very, very quick tear down, and we talked about this, I think, on another episode that we did together, And I think everyone was in the situation that they haven't been in before of like this really tragic death happened and no one knew how to respond. So some of us again, like coronavirus are quick to respond. I'm someone who's quick to respond. I'm like, you know, I'm a very politically active person. However, not everyone is like that. Not everyone is even trained in that or knows about that or feels comfortable to immediately speak about something right after it happened. However, the way that people reacted to that silence is violence. You must be a racist. And I saw the tear down of so many women who, you know, most likely were afraid and didn't speak up because they didn't know what to say. And people trying to take down their entire careers. And that was really sad to see as a woman. Yeah,
0: I think that this was a scary AF year to be a female leader or to be someone that was in the public eye at all. And I think it also probably made a lot of people that perhaps were thinking about stepping up into the public eye or stepping up to be a leader or coach or something like that, second guess it a little bit Mm -hmm. more or really own the full breadth of what comes with that. Because a lot of times it's so easy to see the positive things. um, And you don't see sometimes the DMs or the, (laughs) the comments that we have to deal with. And how I remember I made a post this year um, about Brianna Taylor, which I thought, like, what, you know, could be wrong about this. And I still felt really firmly about what I wrote in the post. And uh, I had people reach out to me that were pretty much, um, let's just say, did not agree that it was a tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. And it like I had like I was like crying <laughs> and, I, and I was just like just like my head wanted to explode, right? Just uh around like wow, there are people that really feel this way mm-hmm. and also, you know, people that are violently attacking who I am because I shared how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, I think it's definitely a year where It made you really like sit in like, who am I as a leader? And I think it was really, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to one of my uh, best friends, Casey is like such a human design dork, nerd, whatever She like loves it. And she was actually telling me in human design that there are different um, in your profile. There are different people that are meant to kind of address worldly issues Mm -hmm. and certain people that are not. Right? And when she was telling me this, I was like, this is so fascinating. Because I I believe that on a core level, right? Like there are certain people that are naturally drawn to being more political to kind of having their voice and kind of these things. And there are other people, let's say, whatever sally who like makes a mean cupcake and is awesome at decorating cupcakes that maybe doesn't want to get involved in talking about political stuff and what's going on in the news and this year it almost made that wrong like if you had a facebook or an instagram or anything didn't matter it didn't matter if it was for your wood carving business like you were like demanded upon to have an opinion On things, which I think led to a lot of opinions and sometimes opinions from people that felt kind of forced (laughs) in a way to give an opinion,
1: you know? Totally. And I think this was the year of learning sovereignty because on the internet, there are millions upon millions of perspectives. So when you're trying to be told what to do, you're going to act one way and then someone else is not going to like it. Then you're going to act another way and then someone else is going to like it. And then you, what the feedback was, everyone was like, I feel like I keep getting it wrong. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm posting the black square. Oh, now I ruined this day because I posted the black square. And now it's this and i and now silence is violence well now it's performative activism and now i'm i'm sharing but i should be giving black people a voice well now i'm not sharing enough and it should be coming from me and like people's minds were spinning and going crazy and what was happening was then they felt like screw it i'm not going to do this because everything i do i'm being you know criticized for or hated on but also people really feeling strongly to stand up for this very important cause in this moment in history so I think, and we still don't have a clear answer on like what activism through social media can really look like. I feel like honestly what happened were a lot of people just got burnt out and confused and kind of just stepped away. Whereas there is such great power like in what we were creating in June of like sharing the different protests and sharing what was really happening behind the scenes and giving a, a voice in a and videos to police brutality in a way that has never been shown before. And I think the sensitivity around it, you know, got to us we shouldn't be as sensitive as we are. And on the other side of that, realizing that everyone's a human. So it comes back to this multi-dimensionality of this year that, you know, in in Gene Keys as well, we just entered a seven year period of collective chaos. Yep. <laughs> so we entered this period in 2020. It's still 2027. The first half is going to be more of the destruction of, you know judicial systems medical systems everything that is not serving us and then the second half is going to be on the creation of what we do want to build so by 2027 we're fully immersed into the new paradigm now within that sh- collective shifts we are different volunteers. So like, we are definitely here to build the the new. We're here to like, while everyone's tearing down the old, we are hunkering down and like, here are the new ways you can relate to yourself. Here are the new forms of education, wellness, et cetera. And I think that a lot more people are going to realize that they are also on that creation team, but because they're not really seeing people creating, they're more seeing like, shit, I should be destroying. I should be criticizing. I should be I sh- and and that's needed, but it's not everyone's role. So I think we're going to learn from this more and more. The way that activism and change can really come about is by all of us really being in our unique archetypes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Being Being in, and you know, that's, it's so true. Um, they actually, yeah, they call it the great change in Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. And it's a collective shift from victimhood into empowerment that's happening in these seven years, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like releasing that like victim consciousness and that disempowered energy that's circulating on the planet. Well,
1: even that word victim too, that's a word to talk about now in 2020, this has become a very triggering word. yeah. Exactly,
0: right? And it kind of has to, right? It kind of yeah. has to so that we can heal our wounds around that word. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there is something that each and every one of us, you know, can look at and see maybe where we were a victim, or we would say we were a victim in our lives, right? A lot of us have um different traumas that we've withstood and different things in our own stories. Um and and seeing how how we can use that. It's funny, I just finished reading Man's Search for Meeting for the second time, which is Viktor Frankl, it's his book. Um, he's a, a therapist that was in the Holocaust in the concentration camps, um, a Jew that was in the camps, but they put him into service as a doctor. Um, but anyway, he talks about the use of purpose and meaning through suffering, mm. right? And it was you know it made me think a lot about 2020 right is how it doesn't mean that we have to deny or diminish or you know sweep under the rug the suffering that we've incurred mm-hmm. right but it's like if we can derive purpose and meaning and let that empower us then now we've alchemized right we we've shifted out of victimhood but we haven't negated our experience right? Our experience is our experience, but we can now transmute that into purpose and meaning for what we're to create moving forward. So I do think that there's a lot of people that that that's their First of all, it's all of our soul's mission Mm -hmm. in different ways, right? There's a lot of people that have specific suffering around things we're seeing publicly that are absolutely meant to use that as fuel to create something new and beautiful in the world and be the guiding light for the change. And I think especially the people that are listening to our podcast, and I know this has been a theme with literally all of my clients this year. They've been like, literally word for word, it happens at some point during our journey where they'll be like, but no one's ever done this before. (laughs) And I'm like, that's exactly it. We're we're this generation of uh, collective, right? This conscious collective, people that are listening to this podcast that follow us, right, that are the bringers of the new, mm-hmm. right, that are meant to be doing things and innovating and doing things in a way that they've never done it before. And I think in a lot of ways, some of that that cancel culture or that criticism or kind of the fire that we have had to walk through this year um, is an initiation of sorts, right? It's an initiation for us to really stand in our mission and our purpose and our courage to say, hey, you know, you can't burn me again, <laughs> right? Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep prevailing and this matters so much to me. And to have kind of the, you know, the boldness and the courage that it takes to say, hey, no one's ever done it this way before, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to do it this way right i'm going to be the one that you know even like your latest book discover your dharma right i'm going to take this ancient concept and i'm going to put like my authentic sahara spin on it right and boldly share it in that way um, and so many of my clients that are like kind of entering in i have a lot of clients right now that are kind of entering in more historically male dominated fields Right, and they're all young women, right? And and saying, "Well, I don't have any role models that aren't men that are doing it in a way that I don't resonate with." Right, and realizing that it's time to be our own role models. And I think that's part of this great change: is saying we're not going to look up to patriarchal role models anymore, and whether they're male or female. Right, the, the ways of an older establishment or the Piscean, as we're also moving into the Aquarian age officially this year. Um, and we have to be the new role models. You have to be our. I always say, like your role model is you two One
1: hundred percent. I think that this is definitely the year that we realize that this is why we were born. You know, like if you didn't, if you're a little bit confused about your purpose, you weren't sure if you were really needed, just like look out your window and you will see that whatever gifts that you have, whether it is music or speaking or cooking or setting up a beautiful home is so needed right now and I think that it has been a huge initiation and call to action for a lot of people of like don't waste time anymore get out of your story get out of your own way get your message out into the world and a shaking up because I think so many people were playing small so many people were stuck in the monotony stuck in doing things exactly how they have been done that honestly the only way that we could have made the changes that we made this year is if it wasn't for something so big. And in a way, I actually think that it's going to go on for as le- however long it needs to go on for until all of the changes are made. So the longer people take to realize that they are the creatrix of their own reality and that we're you know, basically the wizards here to create heaven on earth, the longer it takes for us to create this, it's the quarantines can go on forever. But guess what? When you're already living in that 5D consciousness, which is living from the heart, living from the soul, living from your Dharma, your divine self, whatever it is that you want to call it, like we've been sharing, this has still actually been the best year ever. And some people might say, oh, that is privilege to say that it's the best year ever. You know, my whole family had coronavirus. Like I come from a family of refugees, political prisoners, immigrants, child marriage, like like all of the things. You know, I could definitely create a sob story for myself and I, you know, my husband lost his job. Like it definitely hasn't been easy. And I have chosen to take everything that has come from this year and use it to my best advantage of hey my husband lost his job so we get to move now where do we want to move to what a great what a great start you know or you know my grandmother my grandmother died no one could go to her funeral because of covid how can I commemorate her in a different way? How can I bring her more into my life and use her message more? Like, like all like, you know, thinking that my father might get COVID and die because my mother had it, it had it really bad and, you know, to this day, doesn't have her smell back, you know? And how can I further heal my lineage and now do healing work that maybe I wouldn't have even done in this lifetime if it wasn't for those situations? So when I say best year ever. I don't mean everything has been easy peasy that I haven't done a lot of crying this year and, and stressing and figuring it out. It means every single obstacle thrown my way, I have alchemized. And that's what magic really is. That's what, you know, when we talk about creating things in your cauldron. Your cauldron is not meant to be empty. It's not meant to just, you know, only have beautiful daffodils in it. It's meant to have all sorts of medicine and potion and ancestors and past lives and trauma and whatever it is that you have in your cauldron. And how do I churn that and churn that and churn that and add a little bit of what I want to add to it, which is my own passion and zest and way of being and create that into the life that I want to live? And I see this year as the year that people made decisions that would have taken them years or decades to make. It happened so rapidly just in this year. So it's such a great lesson that if you want to make a shift in your year, whether it's leaving your job or starting a new relationship or moving across the country or whatever it is that you want to do, it doesn't have to stay on your checklist forever. It's just literally in your own mind and you get to do it right now. And some of us learn through breakdowns. Some of us learn through obstacles. Some of us need to keep feeling pain, pain, pain in order to grow and shift and change. However, when you realize that you can actually change that narrative for yourself and you don't have to get to the rock bottom to learn anymore, which I think people are now awakening to, they're able to be like, things feel a little bit off and I'm going to make that change anyways. I'm not going to wait until it becomes this huge like tumultuous situation in my life. I'm going to be more adaptable to things. And now, you know, being in a second lockdown, I feel like no one's even stressing it anymore, which shows how how quick we still are. Because the first one, we were all having mental breakdowns. That is like, (laughs) Imagine if everything in life you could be so adaptable flip it into you on the other side living your best life imaginable. Absolutely. And
0: you know, it's interesting. I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I know um one of the big things that happened this year was you moving to Miami and I know just for being your friend that this is not like out of the blue. Like this has been something that's been like kind of in your sphere of moving for a minute, but you know, combined with uh Stephen losing his job and that shifting because of how his career was so like in person centric. how did you navigate? I'm curious um for everyone else as well <laughs> you to your you know kind of movement from okay, Steven's job is struggling to the possibility of okay look at let's look at the the bright side of this rainbow and we can move. How was that transition? Were there things that you had to do to kind of alchemize that? Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like we all thought that COVID would be like a two week thing, one month thing, two month thing, and and it's still happening. And my husband works in the music industry, specifically managing, you know, DJs and uh, producers who perform at big music festivals like Coachella and Ultra and EDC. And these are like 100,000 plus people festivals, which are going to be the last thing that comes back. So we had to, you know, at first it was like, okay, Coachella is going to get postponed until October, and then it's next October, and now it's just sort of like, we don't know if music festivals are going to come back, or, you know, this is like a far, far away possibility, and that's his work, and not just his work, many, many people who work in the music industry, and my heart really does go out for everyone working in there, because it is such a passion that people have for music, and it is such a travesty, too, that music festivals and concerts are at this point, not a part of our lives. And we looked at, okay, well, now your office is closed. Well, now you can't pay the rent for your office anymore. So you probably shouldn't have it anymore. Well, now you have to lay off everyone here. Like these are hard decisions and these are, you know, not happy, happy conversations to have either. So I don't, Want people to think it's just like some people have it figured out and not. However, this is how we alchemized it. So we were able to see. So you don't have an office anymore. You don't have a team anymore. You're you're back to working at home. You're not even sure if your if your work is going to make money anymore. So we don't need to really be in LA for anything. Considering I've been working online, and you now don't have any reason to be here we're not sure what's going to happen with your job. We've always been interested in, you know, not just Miami, there were, you know, Bali, we were considering Hawaii, we were considering different places, but those other places weren't even a possibility at that time either. Like Hawaii and Bali were not accessible because of the lockdown. So Miami was kind of the only option that even could happen. But I had so many fears of leaving my community, like leaving my friends. You know, I'm someone who community really matters to me. I was always having like rituals at my house and having people over that I was also really afraid of making the wrong decision too. So it was a, grapple like months and months of like, should we do it? Should we not? Should we do it? Should we not? But I know that every time I've put myself in a new situation, whether it's moving to a new place or trying something new, I've always learned and I've always expanded and I've always grown. So we visited and I loved it and I had hesitations too, but I figured, you know what, this next year is going to go by anyways, and I don't even know. I know how exactly it's going to play out with me staying in this apartment. It's going to be me continuing to, you know, take my lap around this little lawn area, like hanging out at the the same place, eating my same food, doing the exact same thing, or... There could be a new adventure waiting for me on the other side. And I don't know what that could look like, but I know I'm going to learn more about myself and I'm going to grow. And this is actually the perfect time to do it because we have no reason to be here. So we decided to go for it. And I'm so, so, so grateful that we did like energetically. Well, first of all, I'm in Atlantis now. So it feels very Atlantean of expansion and growth and innovation. Like it definitely doesn't feel like retired in Florida vibes, which I thought it would be, but <laughs> I I share this because so many people have lost their jobs right now and this is and work is maybe permanently going to shift online for a lot of people. So take this as a blessing. Take this as if I could live in any environment in the world, where would I want to live? What elements really support me? For me, it's it's the water. I love having the water. I love the humid air because I am very vata. So I tend to get like dry and cold easily. So the warm humidity, that feels really nourishing for my body to be able to just go downstairs and like walk on the beach and see the turquoise blue waters and be able to swim in there. That's what my soul really needs. And I think that this quarantine really taught us to, to live in a place that you don't feel like you need a vacation from, because before we could, you know, you could live anywhere and be traveling on a plane every month if you wanted to. However, now it's sort of like where you are, you you're really there. So, Do you love the mountains? This is your opportunity to move there. Have you always wanted to live in Canada? Like, why not now? Do you love Tulum? So many people are creating community there. And I'm actually seeing so much more movement and migration happening. And I think that it's really important because especially as spiritual people, we're setting the grid. We're actually going to places that there isn't typically a spiritual community. And we're bringing that over to the small towns or you know, the cities that tend to not be super spiritual, et cetera. And not only is this helping on a physical level of there's going to be more yoga classes there and vegan restaurants and all of that, but on an energetic level as well, if we have all the spiritual people like in LA and maybe some in New York and like, that's it. Well, first of all, we're not going to be spreading the the knowledge to the people that we want to spread it to you know we're just going to be f- passing it around in the circle, but energetically, if you think about it as like you know those like over the top cameras they take of like the world at night that have like the lights and you can see in the big city there's so many lights there that you see in like wyoming you're like where's where's the light well we we figuratively are those lights, so now because of COVID and what has happened, we're spreading, you know, spread the spread the light. And <laughs> you literally are spreading the light to all of the places that have maybe never seen the light of day and able to set that field and set that vibration, which begins with the types of foods we buy, the choices we make, but then also even the frequency of the place. And I see kind of the end of cities, like before you kind of had to like move to the city to make it because you had to go in person to meetings and events and, you know, be around New York to make it or whatever it was. And now, because everything's online, including events, etc., you don't, you can, you can quote unquote, make it in the forest or in the jungle or whatever it is you want to be And I think that there's going to be such beauty in the, I don't feel so alone anymore because there's going to be people just like you all over.
0: I love that. When, you know, when this started and so many of uh, my close girlfriends, including you, uh, all moved to different places and I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, like everyone's gone. And I saw in my meditation, um, later that day, literally exactly what you said, I saw like these little lights, like going to their corners, and like kind of spreading out to all these different places, and how all of us, it's true, and I had felt this way about the spiritual community um, for a while, that it was kind of like redundant in a way, like when you were like, and of course, we're like in all those groups, right? So I love all those groups, but... We're, it was the same thing. It was like, you go to New York, you know your people. You go to LA, you know your people. And we're like our own little like posse. And it's true. It's like, we need to be spread out. We need to engage in communities that don't have as many people, quote unquote, like us, right? And just our energetic vibration is going to shift that place. And also just who we are, right? Like I teach A Course in Miracles and A Course in Miracles says that to be a teacher is to demonstrate, Right, So we're all teachers, regardless of what your quote unquote profession is in A Course of Miracles terms. And so all of us are teachers of light and we teach not by any, not by our Instagram posts or not by even our podcast. We teach by who we are, you know, who we show up as, whether we're picking up a tea at like the local cafe or going shopping or we're just walking our dog, right? Like our energy signature is, is making an imprint on that environment and i definitely think you know for me it's been less dramatic but as far as the perspective on our living situation has shifted tremendously this year as well because you know we were about to buy a house actually before all this happened and all the banks kind of pulled out of jumbo mortgages when this started because of the mortgage forbearance and um, they didn't want to give out large sums of money when they were not getting paid by a large sums of people. And so our plans kind of ricocheted. And of course, me being me was like told my fiance, like, this is obviously divine. Like, there's a reason we're not allowed to buy a house now. And it's gonna be okay because we need to get through whatever this is, because we're gonna be different on the other side of it, and our priorities might be different, and the market might be different, and we don't know, but. Um, I felt really strongly that it was heavily divinely held and I'm s- so glad because regardless of what the market for houses or whatever ends up looking like when we buy, we fundamentally shifted what we want so much because we went from being like, we want to live close to, we were in Orange County, so we wanted to live close to like the city center. There's like Newport and Corona Del Mar and they have these like super cute like you know, restaurants and cafes and shops. And I'm a big walker. Like I like, I have a car, but I like to walk everywhere if I can. And I was like, I need to be able to walk everywhere. And we want the restaurants and I want the cute little smoothie place and be close to a yoga studio. And all the houses in an area like Orange County for that are astronomical and tiny with like no land. So you're, it's kind of like New York or LA, right? It's like the closer you are to the cool stuff, the smaller your place is going (laughs) to be, which I'm sure is everywhere. But, you know, this year has been so grounding in realizing how much we want space. We want land. We don't care so much, right? Like, what does it matter you know how close we are to restaurants and stuff like if we want to go to them and that's a thing still in the future we will drive to them right but we'd rather have like our home be a sanctuary um and I'm really glad we ended up finding a really beautiful place to live in um this year because it has made all the difference because both of us I think were we are like wanderlusters like we love traveling and that's something I've missed so much, but it's been really even sitting with that and saying like, okay, what was I receiving from travel? What was I receiving from travel that I can give to myself, you know, here, right? What was, you know, whether it was the relaxation or the peacefulness or, you know, like you said, an adventure, learning new things, y'all have learned to like, drive up to Tahoe or, you know, have an adventure just by like exploring like a hike by my house, you know, finding like different ways to feed that part of me without needing to get on a plane all the time or needing to be somewhere. And in a lot of ways. One of the things that shifted for me a lot was I traveled so much. I didn't even realize how much I traveled until you pretty much couldn't travel. I was traveling like once a month at least for the past five years and so I have never felt so grounded (laughs) um with all this happening and really when you're grounded it's like you've I've gotten a chance to really get into a routine and like a steadiness and like in a way that I I mean I'm like a ritual person so I always have rituals but there's been a groundedness to being like oh like when you go on a trip you're always like There's the lead up and like the lead back and you know, there's like the shifting and it's been like really steady this year, which I think has also been a real gift to creation, right? To creation of, you know, new projects and ideas and that, but also into like deep self-discovery and really getting that time to like sit with myself and being like, hmm, how do I want my office to be? How do I want my home to feel? What do I want to shift? You know, what are the parts of me that I was able to run from when things were busier? And how do I like, let me sit with them, let me heal them, let me show up for that work right now, because I'm not off like being distracted and doing all these exciting
1: things. (laughs) Totally. I think that this is definitely the year to make your home, your sanctuary and to create the life you don't need the vacation from. And so many more people this year, like have been doing home redesigns and renovations and like, you know, I've realized how much it's worth paying extra for like the beautiful furniture or wall decoration or something like that, that I'm going to look at every single day versus like, traveling that you end up spending all of this money. And it's just like, you know, I obviously love to travel still and I'm excited to do it again, but I realized how much money I would spend on this quick trip. And you don't think about it. You're like, oh, like hotels just cost that much. You know, you, you gotta eat the good food there. You gotta, you know, try, try the spa. Like you could get the good taxi and just like all of this money that you would spend on like a week of your life that if you feel, now I think of everything in furniture, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like what could what could that get me in terms of like a carpet you know and, that's and a maybe. really
0: nice sectional I don't know yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> I'm like two thousand dollars I can get a whole new sofa leather yeah. you know <laughs> so it it really has and and honestly I am really grateful for the age that I'm at in this quarantine because if I was like 21 years old and like in college and like fuck I have to move back home with my parents and like I'm trying to like hit the club every night and I can't do this anymore like I think this whole experience would have been much harder on me but again I think my soul chose it knew this was going to happen and it chose to actually be with my partner at this time in the work that I'm in. And, you know, so many of us have had these same conversations with conversations with yourself and Patrick, and like you guys got engaged literally in December right before this all happened. And, you know, imagine if this even happened two years ago, like you would have been single in this quarantine. Can you, imagine? I mean, I know a lot of people have are, of but it's, it's so much, it makes it so much more difficult when you're alone and, I think whatever it is, our souls chose to be in this experience, whether it is being single with a partner, with your parents, whatever situation that you're in. And it's just made me really grateful for where I'm at right now, because I have already felt like at a place that I'm like grounded. I kind of know what I'm doing and I could just fully focus on that. Whereas in, you know, your college years, you're so still attached to the the community and the extracurriculars and the social engagements that are even these high school kids right now, you know, like how much of high school is like passing the note to the person at the desk next to you and like telling your friend that you like a boy and like that's gone for now and that. It's, it's sad, but I just have to know that it's going to give them a unique experience of, you know, I was so excited to have a snow day, they got like a whole year of staying at home too. So whatever age you're in, whatever situation you're in, this was exactly what you needed to experience this as. It reminds me of that Hafiz quote that
0: says, this was the place God circled on a map for you. And I feel that. I feel that so strongly because I have thought about that. I literally thought about that because we did get engaged like right before this all started. And I was only, you know, I was with my partner six months before we got engaged. So it was relatively fast and it went from being like single to very committed. and it felt very also divinely guided, obviously. But looking back and thinking like, I often thought, I did think about that a few times. I was like, what if I was like still in my Santa Monica apartment? Like, and you know what? I don't think it, like, I think at first when we entered quarantine, I was like, oh wow, this would like, it would stink to be single right now and be dating, right? But now with my friends and my clients that are single, I've been telling them, and I firmly do believe this, I think there's a really epic opportunity um, for meeting your person right now because if you're open right if you're open to being on dating apps if you're open to meeting someone over social media or instagram or something like that because you could be facetiming with them right i've been telling all my clients like have facetime happy hours right this is a great way Famously, women often wonder, like, how long should I wait before we get intimate or before we kiss or make out or have sex or all this stuff? Like, guess what? You're on Zoom. There's no risk. <laughs> you can have as many glasses of wine as you need to, right? You're sleeping alone tonight, right? And that's actually really nice because you have to build, I think, just like we are, so were talking about this before the call, but, you know, certain things in life show you who your friends are, Right. And I think this year definitely showed you who are the friends that are willing to have Zoom chats with you. You know, we, we do like long voice memos back and forth in between our Zoom chats. And, you know, and that I think reassured me, like when people started moving in different directions, I knew right away the people I would talk to and it wouldn't matter at all. And the people that it might not right and i think this also would do that to romantic relationships right people that were really willing to like get to know you and show up in that way you could meet someone you could weed out people and meet someone really really serious um in a beautiful way this year just like i also believe that we were divinely meant to be in the situations we're at during this year as well and our souls chose that and trust me, like going into like moving in with someone and getting engaged and then quarantining with them. Um, you know, it was such a, a great working thing for our relationship. And I was joking. Uh, I was actually joking with Patrick the other day because I was like, you know, I had this moment. We just visited my brother in Maine. who just moved out to Maine because his job went remote and he no longer wanted to like live in Silicon Valley and have that life. And he loves it. Uh, living out in Portland, Maine, like it's so nice and peaceful and relaxing, and we wanted to see him for Thanksgiving because I didn't want him to be alone, and that's like a that's a big deal for me. I don't know, I'm a very overprotective big sister, and I was so grateful to have a partner that was cool with that, right? That wanted to come with me and that understood how much that was a priority for me. And we both got our negative COVID tests and wore our mask the whole time and like abided by all the guidelines. But this is truly like a year of your, um, what do you call it, Apocalypse buddies, <laughs> right? When you think about that, we joke about that so much. Like, who are your, like, it's like a Tom Cruise movie and you have your four people. Like, who are you surviving this the apocalypse with?
1: <laughs> uh, Especially at the beginning, I feel like everyone, like when it first happened, everyone was like, let's Zoom call. Like, and like everyone was like reaching out to like Zoom call each other because- for some reason, we're like, now we have all of this time to zoom, even though we're all like stressing over the news and <laughs> totally did not have a lot of time on our hands. And everyone was going live on Instagram, like all the time, it was literally be like 20 people live on my Instagram. I was going live every day doing my dance things. But then I feel like when it kind of hit in of like, this isn't really going anywhere. It's like, who, who are you actually staying in touch with? Because staying in touch is a commitment. You know, It's, mm-hmm. it's time, it's energy, it's checking in, it's having that person on your mind, what they're going through, what they're moving through, holding space for them. So all of these people that you may have had in your life, it kind of real made you realize, who are my more, like, I see these friends when I'm out, and we vibe when we're at the same dinner party, and and that's what the relationship is like, and who are my people when I'm having a breakdown that, that I have in my life, and not a lot of people listening still don't have those friends, and the other opportunity, just like the opportunity is to find a great relationship, I met my own husband on Bumble and we were FaceTiming that first week and I'm super grateful for that. But also there's so many people who are really looking for genuine friendships now because I think a lot of people have realized like I don't want these friends that I, you know, see at this event and then we don't really keep in touch with anymore. People are really wanting deeply fulfilling relationships. So, you know, there are even apps to find friends. We both have communities. I think finding a community that you align with is honestly the best way to make friends, but to put in that effort and to realize that to, to have friends, you got to be a friend. And I think too, like it made you see who is going to put in that time, who is going to put in that effort. Like, how does this friendship feel? Is it mutual? You know? And yeah. I think, I think that really came to surface, especially when so much of communication has gone to audio, zoom, etc. So you can, actually feel that a lot more of like, does this person actually care about me or are they just using me for advice all the time and never checking up on how I'm doing? So just like careers and all of these moves happened really quickly, I think friendships budded very quickly and dissolved very quickly as well. Absolutely. And I think I love what you said. I think that's really important. I'm sure there's a lot of people
0: listening to this that maybe lost some friends this year, not like Physically, hopefully, but like lost those relationships. But, and so if that's the case, I think it's like one realizing that sometimes that's divine, right? Sometimes that's divine. Sometimes people just fall apart because they're not meant to continue on with you to that next chapter. And then the other, like, part of that is asking you, like, A Course in Miracles has this thing that I love about relationships. It says anything that you're feeling is missing in a relationship is what you're not giving. And I think it keeps you really honest <laughs> because then you get really clear on like, am I checking in on them? Mm-hmm. Am I, you know, and this was, this it continues to be a year. And even as we move on to different years, you know, sometimes I always tell my clients to, and this is a practice that I've developed over the years through dealing with my own, um, you know, I started actually during when I was dealing with my disordered eating, like one of the mechanisms I would have when I wanted to like go into like, you know, negative body thoughts or, you know, overeat or undereat or overexercise or whatever it was, was like reach out to a friend, but not reach out to a friend and like spill all my junk on them, Mm -hmm. but reach out to a friend and just say, Hey, Sahara, how's your day going? Mm hmm. Right. And just hear what's up for you. Because the second I'm asking what's up for you, I'm like out of me. Yeah. Right. And so it was like actually extra. Of course, it's okay with your friends to like ask for advice and you know, whatever, share what's going on when things happen. But I often think of that as a great tool when you want to just shift your space. And you also it's like a double whammy win <laughs> because now you're showing up your, your friend. And, gosh I feel like 2020 is this year where we have all kind of collectively had this understanding and I'm so guilty of this with there's one friend in mind that I'm thinking of that you know I kind of saw like she just got into a relationship she's moving she's got a lot of things going on for her and so I just kind of assume like she's busy (laughs) Right. Like she doesn't like need to deal with me and Zoom with me. Like she's got a lot on her plate right now. And obviously, luckily, like our friendship is such where as soon as I reached out and we talked, everything was fine. But but it's so easy to fall into that mindset of right being like, oh, they're busy. Oh, they're dealing with their own stuff. Oh, I'm just dealing with my own stuff. Oh, we'll talk eventually. Like, don't. Because the second you reach out to someone, the second you kind of put that out and you guys connect, oftentimes you're just so glad you did right and even though it's so easy to be like oh i'm on zoom all day you know i remember one of one of my miracle mastermind clients she was telling me cuz we have zoom weekly with each other she was like i was on zoom calls all day for work you know and there was a part of me that was almost like oh, do i want to stay on zoom for this one more call which was our mastermind group and she was like no because i did because this zoom is the one all day that's for me right this is the zoom that fills my cup up And I think it's super easy to say that, especially for those people who work has gone remote and they're like, oh my God, if I have to get on Zoom anymore, (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. want to shut the computer and like run and hide after my day. But realize that like that Zoom that you have with your girlfriend and having like a happy hour Zoom or like a tea Zoom or dinner Zoom, you know, where that's the one that's going to fill your cup up. And And let's
1: be real, like, where are you going to go to the other... (laughs) TV screen the phone screen like you're like so zoom fatigue when are you instagram fatigue yet you know it's like what better that there's someone on the other side of the computer live wanting to talk to you and you can talk in real time like the fact that we're across the country having this conversation i can see you nod and blink is such a fucking miracle that i think too like we get to realize how lucky we are we get to realize how lucky we are we have the internet during this time imagine if this happened in in the 80s or the 90s. Like you would have been at home ch- having to check out your local newspaper every day, afraid if it has <laughs> coronavirus on it, and see what's the latest according to this one piece of newspaper with no contact except for your landline that one person your family could use. So I feel like we. Like as humans do this, it's like I think this comedian was talking about. It was like the first flight ever that had Wi-Fi on it. Yeah. And the Wi-Fi wasn't working. They're like, oh, the Wi-Fi never works on this flight. And it's like this is the first flight with Wi-Fi on it. Instead of <laughs> what a miracle! I'm on an airplane flying in the sky to whatever destination I want. I don't have to like do anything, and there might be internet on here. So I feel like this year has taught us so much about how we think are we that person that goes to the negative? Are we that person that, that tends to be more positive positive? and how do we want to show up in the world? Do we want to, again, see it from the victim lens, see it from the, oh shit, all my friends want a zoom call with me, poor me, or what a blessing. I have all of these people I get to connect with on zoom.
0: Or none of my friends have asked me to zoom call with me. Yeah. Right. And focusing on that instead of being like, Hey, I know I was in some of my friends, like the, the one to go first in that scenario to be like, Hey, maybe like when it started, being like, I don't know if this sounds corny, but <laughs> you, know, I'm like losing my mind, not seeing any of you, like, can we zoom and like have tea or something? Mm-hmm. And there were some people that were a little resistant to it at first that were like, oh, I'm not really a zoom person. or <laughs> I'm an in-person person. Let's just like, you know, and that's fine. Like, let's have a phone call. Good luck. and I'm like first of all like okay and then they've they've all since converted you know they've worn them down and it's true it's like it's so priceless especially with your friends or if you're dating someone or your family I've been so grateful my family's on the east coast your family's on the east some of your family's on the east coast right in Boston um and so I've been so grateful for that with them because I haven't really been able to see them right I'm like grateful that I get to FaceTime with my grandma, even though she has like no idea what's going on <laughs> with, the, with the phone. She's like, oh my God, I can see you. Yeah. Um, but it does, I, it makes such a
1: difference. Totally. And I think that's another really important thing to touch on for this year is this has also been the year of family healing. I have seen every single person going through deep healing with their, their physical family, their ancestry, their lineage. It has been I mean, I feel like ancestral healing is just like a mainstream word at this point, which is so amazing and so powerful. So I think that this has really been the year of when you're sitting in your home, you're sitting in your body, you're sitting in yourself, you're sitting in your ancestry, your lineage, what's around you. And I think also so many of us, you know, when the holidays would come around, all of the articles were like how to like avoid awkward dinner conversations or how to handle your you staying with your parents for a weekend and how to, you know, you know, have those conversations with people you don't want to have. And And this year, it wasn't that this year. It's like you were lucky if you got to see your family. And I think that we all really needed that awakening. Even for myself, I was definitely someone who would, you know, not feel very energized about spending a lot of time with my family because of our differences, but because of the the healing that I have done with my family now, I genuinely feel desire to want to spend time with them, which has never been in my entire life. So the opportunity for us was to go under the carpet and clean up those (laughs) webs. And what's that dust under there? And what are those conversations that we've needed to have for a really long time that have been long overdue, or we didn't know how to start the conversation, or we didn't know what to say, or we didn't want to make a big deal over something, but it's really been bothering us. And it's been the reason why we haven't been so close. Like this has been the year to bring it up up and if you haven't yet like there's still time we still got a month left now but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't but, end just cuz the year changes exactly <laughs> but you can you can still do it but i see i really think that we needed to all collectively stop stop drop and roll and deal with our ancestors right now oh absolutely and i have that same exact experience like i think i really realized how
0: much i took for granted you know, even though my family's on the East Coast, like I have never, I'm, you know, I'm a friend to a plane, so I never saw that as a big deal. And the past couple of years, you know, my brother was on the West Coast before he just moved. So oftentimes, you know, for work reasons or whatever, he couldn't go back home and I would just go spend holidays with him so that he wasn't an alone. And I really realized this year how much I took for granted Like that I just there'd always be another time where I could go see them or there'd always be like another you know there always be another opportunity to go hang out with my grandma and you know I've really had to sit with that and like one of the hardest things I've had to sit with is the fact of kind of like you had to experience like my grandma's 85 she's gonna be 86 on New Year's Eve um and and it scares me to think that I may not get to see her again you know And I've had to really like sit with that and actually sit with, and same thing for my, my parents are much younger. So I have more hope for that, but, um, but actually just sit with that, right. Sit with that and, and trust that, you know, as soon as that's possible, like my, my parents, so the reason I can't see her is my parents won't let me. Um, I said, I I'm willing to quarantine and test and do all of that. They just still don't feel safe with it. My grandma has nodules in her lungs from like cancer and they just don't, they're just very, very scared for her right now. So I understand that we're FaceTiming, but, um, I've had to sit with that. Like if this is the part of the divine plan, like if this is what it has to be, then I have to respect my parents' wishes and her wishes at this time, and I have to respect that, you know, and I have to take responsibility for, okay, how can I make, how can I be at peace with this, mm-hmm. right, and how can I show up in a way that I'm going to feel as complete as I can feel,
1: mm-hmm. right,
0: how can I call or FaceTime or, you know, same thing with my parents, right, it's like, okay, they, like, my parents are totally, um, you know, not open to visitation right now, right, And so it's like kind of just accepting that that's where they're at with it. And even though that's hard with me, I have to respect that and understand that they're scared and they're in a different demographic than I am Mm -hmm. and be with that and, and show up in the way that I want to show up for that relationship so that I also can feel peace Mm -hmm. about
1: that. I think it definitely, you know, circling back to the first point of uncertainty, like my, my parents like we're fortunate enough. They had, they had COVID. So they have antibodies and they got negative tests. So they came and visited us here. And when they left, I was like, you know, we, we might not ever see each other again. And that's the case every single time we've seen each other, but it really hit me. We just might not ever see each other again. And how important it is to tell the people that you love, that you love them and how important it is to not hold the grudges anymore or to not feel like it's worth having the conversation because you don't feel like dealing with it or you don't know how to bring it up. Just do it now because, again, we just don't know what the future holds. And there is an immense sadness in that and an immense freedom in it too, to really be you and show up the way that you want to right now in this moment.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a good kind of place to full circle it is that it's true. It's like the uncertainty of the fact that we don't know if we have tomorrow, or we don't know what a month looks like, or we don't know how long we have with our loved ones has always been there through all the ages of all the times. And we have lived in a, a collective privilege of getting to not be so present with that, right? Some of us are more present present to it than others those of us that have had those kind of moments where maybe you lost a loved one unexpectedly or you you know dealing with certain things and that but this year collectively has given all of us that if anyone didn't have it mm-hmm. um that awareness of being like we don't know what tomorrow will bring and whether that is you don't know if you'll be able to go to the gym tomorrow <laughs> you don't know if you're going to be able to you know have a wedding, (laughs) you don't know if, you know, you're going to have to deliver a baby by yourself, you don't know if you're going to see your love, like, and, and I think I really do think that there's so much power in living from that place, and not letting it bring you into, you know, obviously, there, like you said, there's so much sadness with that, right? There's a lot of mourning that we have to do in the acceptance of uncertainty, right? And that's a necessary, like the crying and the feeling that's like a necessary part of it. But then to get to the other side and think like, what am I going to do with this wild and precious day I have, mm-hmm. this amazing life I have? And what do I feel inspired and divinely divinely guided to do today? Not what anyone else is telling me to do, because at the end of the day, if today's my last day, if it's the last week, if it's the last month, what, am I gonna, what are, you're going to be the happiest with is the thing that you actually feel the most called to do,
1: regardless mm-hmm. of what anyone else is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year that death gets to become our friend and when we become friends with with death which is the inevitable for all of us you get to experience the freedom that's on the other side of knowing that this is just an opportunity that we have here and all of those little details that we stress about really in the grand scheme of things don't matter at all and you're not going to regret not spending enough time on your emails, (laughs) on your death bed or whatever it is. So what a beautiful, like, this is what Tantra is all about. The more that you are aware of your own death, the freer and more liberated you become. And I Mm. think that in our society, death was such a never spoken about thing. It was like, Death and ghosts, like bad. Don't, don't think about them. Don't talk about them. And now, because it's on the forefront of our minds, it's a, it's a daily conversation, we realize, am I, am I making the choices that I would be making knowing that I'm a mortal human? And that doesn't mean, like, I feel like when people think, oh, well, if it was my last day to live or my last year to live, I would just like be on roller coasters all day or like, you know, fucking around and doing things. But would you really? I I really think the majority of us would be showing up, sharing our message, spreading our magic with the world, sharing our gifts, living our dharmas. Like that is really what we would be doing if we knew how much time we have left. So to start just doing that now.
0: Absolutely. Amen to that. You'd love harder. you live more. You'd shine brighter. Um, and let that be the gift that 2020 gives all of us yes this Thank is a you. deep one <laughs> right? thanks for doing this with me love this oh, is so
1: fun so much fun and doing these podcasts like so invigorates me and energizes me so if this was my last day I had a good one
0: <laughs> me too I'm glad that we left this <laughs> for yeah. the world our insight
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> And uh, we'll put below, Sahara, as you probably know, has an amazing book coming out called Discover Your Dharma. And she's giving away tons of free goodies if you pre-order it. So check out that link below. Um, I also have some awesome free meditations for you, um, all about divinely designing your life. So if you're someone that's been itching to get into a consistent daily meditation practice and you want a little help, and you want to connect to your guides and your divine support squad every day and receive that guidance and see maybe what would you do? If this is the last day.
1: Um, <laughs> check out that below; it's totally free and my gift to you. Mm, thank you all so much for listening. We love you so much. We and love can't you wait so to much. connect with you on our on our twenty twenty one prediction episode. <laughs> yes, coming soon.
0: <laughs> twenty twenty one prediction. <laughs>